Well, this morning we're continuing in our series in the book of Galatians. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And really, the, this morning's message, um, as, as you should gather from the, the songs and the scripture that we've read and sung so far, uh, should tell you that, that this is really the centerpiece of this particular series. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And we'll be talking about justification by faith alone and how that should change our perspective. Um, particularly when we talk about our perspective on salvation and the law and, and how we should live as Christians. And our text this morning is Galatians 2, 11 through 21. Galatians 2, 11 through 21. Now I know we've, we've, we've read through verses 11 uh, on down there for, for a couple weeks now, but just so we're oriented, I want to go ahead and read that again. And then our specific focus is really going to pick up down in, in verse 15. But beginning in verse 11, But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. If I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this morning and this opportunity to gather together as the church. Lord, we ask that as we walk through this text this morning that you might be with us, that you might help us to understand what justification by faith alone is and, and how it should change our perspective on a number of things, how it should cause us to live differently and, and to believe differently. And Lord, we ask that you might uh, help us to apply this text to our lives as we, as we leave here, as we go through the week, that, that you might even give us opportunity to speak with others about it, about our but our faith in Jesus alone. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I did my undergrad not in Texas, but in Georgia. I'm from Georgia. I did my undergrad at the University of Georgia. Go dogs! And uh, the rec center there at the University of Georgia, it had a, a rock climbing wall in it. And several of my friends, they, they worked at the rock climbing wall. And, and eventually, after a little bit of time, I was able to secure a job there at the rock climbing wall as well. Now, looking back, working at, at, the, at the climbing wall was a great job for a college student. I mean, I basically got to go to work and, and I got paid to 
climb and to set routes and to hang out with all of my friends and do my homework and just, you know, I got paid to do all of that. I mean, it was a great, great job. Flexible hours, everything, right? I was able to go to classes, I was able to go to school. I got a little bit of extra spending money as well. So it was a great job for a college student. And, I, and, I, and looking back, I say that it was a great job for a college student because my perspective on what a good job is has changed since I have graduated from college. Nowadays, I, I need a job that's, that's full-time, that, that pays a bit more than the climbing wall paid me when I was in college. I need benefits, uh, you know, paid time off, the ability to invest in my, my future, right? I look at those I look for those things in, in a current position. I'm sure that, that many of you look for those things in a position. You know, if someone came to you and said, hey, you can go and work in this awesome place. It's like your hobby and your sport and what you want to do. We're not going to pay you very much. Or you can come over here and you can work. And, and it's not a bad job, but you're going to get all of those things. You're probably going to pick the other, other job, even though it will be really fun to work at some place like a climbing wall or whatever it is your hobby might be. You see, our perspective changes, and our perspective changes based on the situations in which we find ourselves. After graduating from school, right, you are expected to care for yourself. You're expected to care for your family as well as to plan and and provide for your future. And you most likely need a full-time job in order to do that. You see, our situation dictates our perspective. And just as the situation in which you find yourself often changes perspective on what you believe qualifies as a good job, our understanding of justification by faith alone should change our perspective as well. Now, how should it change our perspective? Well, justification or justified, it's, it's not a word that that we use often, at least I don't, I don't use it often in, in the conversations that I just have in, in everyday life. Um, and so we, we've got to really understand what does this word mean, because it is, the, it is the cornerstone of today's message. It's really the cornerstone of this particular series that we are in. And so what does justified mean? Well, a notable theologian, J.I. Packer, he writes this, to justify in the Bible means to declare of a man on trial that he is not liable to any penalty, but is entitled to all the privileges due to those who have kept the law. Justifying is the act of a judge pronouncing the opposite sentence to condemnation, that of acquittal and legal immunity. And so when Paul says that we are justified, he means that we have been declared innocent. We have been counted as righteous. We have been acquitted. It's a courtroom scene, if you will, where the judge pronounces this acquittal, pronounces this righteousness, counts us as righteous. And our understanding of justification by faith alone, it should change our perspective. It should change our perspective on salvation. It should change our perspective on the law. It should also change our perspective on the Christian life. And those are the three areas in which we're going to look at this this morning. And so first, justification by faith alone frees us from having to work for our salvation and from hiding our sin from others. Now, as a pastor, officiating weddings is is part of my job description. And, and every now and again, when I'm officiating a wedding, I will, I will get the comment from someone, Pastor, man, you, you really clean up, clean up well. 
And sometimes, you know, I, I think that that's supposed to be a, a compliment, right? And sometimes I wonder, well, is that a compliment or is that not a compliment? But, but, but I really know what, what they mean. You know, I, I know that's just another way for somebody to say, you look nice, nicer, nicer than usual. And, and typically I do look nicer than usual when I go to officiated wedding. I shave, um, I take a shower, uh, I put on a suit, you know, I, I look a lot nicer than I, I normally would just on an everyday basis when I'm interacting with people. And most people would, would do that. They've, they've, they really clean themselves up, if you will. And while it's a good thing for me to clean myself up before I officiate a wedding, Peter and Barnabas and the other Jews, along with the circumcision party here in, in the book of Galatians, thought that the Gentiles needed to clean themselves up, not to go to a wedding, but, but to experience salvation. And we know that because in verse 12, they withdrew from, from eating with them, with the Gentiles, when the circumcision party came. And they withdrew because the Gentiles had not been circumcised. And those who, were, who weren't circumcised were considered to be outside of the nation of Israel. Now, in response to this, Paul says in verse 16, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. Now, if we go back to our definition, we see that Paul is saying that a person is not made right, a person is not declared innocent, they don't become a part of the kingdom because of their work, instead they become a part of the kingdom because of God's work on their behalf. They are made right through Jesus's sacrifice on their behalf. And so it's our belief, our belief in, in our faith in Jesus and what he has done by dying on the cross for our sins. And we, we believe that when Jesus did that, he took the punishment that we deserve. That as sinners, we deserve that God would punish us, that he would pour his wrath out on us, and that we would be separated from God for all of eternity. But we also believe as Christians that Jesus came and, and he took the punishment that we deserve. He took the Father's wrath. He took the death that we deserved. He, he, oh, the Father's wrath was poured out on him. He drank the cup of the Father's wrath. He died, but then he also resurrected. And, and so we believe as Christians that Jesus took that punishment for us. We believe that, that, that he rose from the dead and that when we profess faith in Jesus, we are connected to him. And there's a union that takes place. And so that his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection are our sacrifice, our death, our resurrection. And because of that, we can be declared innocent. We can be counted as righteous. And it's not our works that, that do any of that. It is, it is Jesus's work on our behalf. Our works can't and our works don't make us righteous at all. And it's necessary that we believe we are declared righteous, that we are acquitted by Jesus' work on our behalf because we cannot do anything to clean ourselves up. Even if we had all of the soap in the world, even if we had the finest handmade Italian suits, 
We cannot wash off and we cannot hide our sin. It's stuck on us and it's not coming off. And while that's true, some still attempt to clean themselves up by their own works. And when we do that, we, we show that we do not understand what justification by faith alone means. And I believe a lot of people are in this category. They, they think there is something that they must do in order to earn their salvation. And we default to that understanding because it really coincides with what we would do on a normal, everyday basis. If we're going to go to a wedding or something like that, if we're going we're gonna to clean our own selves up, right? we are going to take a bath. We're going to shave or, or trim our beards. We're going to go get a haircut. We're going to get out some nice clothes to put on. And we're going to do all of these things. And, and when we have done them, we are going to look a lot cleaner than we did before. See, there is something that we do in order to clean ourselves up in the physical world, in our, in our everyday world. But when it comes to our salvation, we can't take those things that we would, we would normally do and apply them to our salvation experience. God is saying that's not, how, that's not how it works. You see, there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to clean ourselves up. Through our belief in Jesus alone, through our faith in Jesus alone, we are justified. We are declared righteous. We are acquitted. And understanding that we are declared righteous by faith alone, it should change our perspective on our salvation. You see, declared is an important word here because we are not made internally clean or righteous by Christ, at least not in this life. And what I mean by that is that after we come to faith in Christ, we are, we are still sinners. That hasn't changed. And we know that we're sinners because we sin all the time. We sin against one another. We sin against God. We, we sin all the time. Now, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, we are being sanctified, which means we're becoming more and more like Christ. So we're we are hopefully over time following the Lord's will more and more in our life. But, but we still fall all the time. We still fail at doing that. We still sin all of the time. So what changes is not our righteousness, what changes is our position with the Father. You see, the salvation that we have is not due us, it is due Christ, and it is a positional salvation, which means that our position with God, how He thinks of us, changes. How we interact with Him changes. Remember the definition of justification by faith alone. We are declared innocent by Jesus' work on our behalf, and it's that declaration, not our cleanliness or lack thereof our cleanliness, that changes our relationship or our position with the Father. Because we are declared innocent, we can go from being enemies of God at one moment who deserve His wrath and His punishment and eternal death to, to being a part of His family. Not just, not just somebody who's good with God, but, but we literally become a part of His family. Our position changes from enemy to son or daughter, and we call him father. And that's, that's an amazing shift that takes place. And again, it's not because of anything that we've done. It's all because of what Christ has done on our behalf. And that truth, it should free us up to be honest with God and one another about our sins, right? We, we don't need to walk around creating this false facade about who we are and, and what we have done, right? We are sinful, broken 
people who are saved by Jesus' work on our behalf, not our own work. And instead of trying to, to cover up our sin, instead of trying to make ourselves look better to God or, or to one another, we can be honest with God. We can be honest with, with one another. We can come to God and we can pray and we can say, Lord, I'm struggling with, with these sins. Can you, can you help me? Can you empower me to, to move past those? Because I desire to follow your will. I desire to, to glorify you through my life. We can do that. And we can come to one another and we can say, you know, I'm struggling with this. Can you please pray for me? Can you, can you help me? Can you hold me accountable? Because I desire to glorify God with my life. And we can be honest with one another because it has nothing to do with, with, with what we have done. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done on our behalf. And it's important that we believe that we can talk with God and others about our sin because if we're going to grow to be more like Christ, we, we have to have other people who are going to hold us accountable. We've got to have other people who are going to pray for us and who are going to encourage us. And if we can never be honest with them, then they have no idea what, in what ways they need to hold us accountable. They have no idea in, in what ways they need to pray for us. They have no idea in what ways that we need encouragement. And so we go through life just wandering around with, with no encouragement, no prayer from anyone else, and there's no change that we experience, and we continue to struggle with those same sins over and over and over again. But here's the thing, we don't have to fear asking for those things because it has nothing to do with our righteousness, everything to do with Jesus' righteousness. Embracing justification by faith alone should not only change the way we think about our own works, but it should also change the way that we interact with other people regarding our temptations, our struggles, and our sins. And along with changing our perspective on salvation, along with freeing us up to then go and, and seek accountability from other people, a proper understanding of justification by faith alone should change our perspective on the law. Justification by faith alone frees us then to delight in the law. In verse 19, Paul says this, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. And when Paul says that he died to the law, he, he doesn't mean that, that he just threw the law out, that he just got rid of the law. Instead, he means that the law ended up pointing him to a Savior. You see, our kids, they have these... Uh, R2-D2 banks in their room where they, they go and they put, they put money in and both of them have, have these banks and, and from time to time uh, they're able to, to take some money whether they get it from the tooth fairy or wherever, right, a birthday, whatnot and, and they are able to put that money and deposit it in the bank and, and when they do that they get, they get really excited like and then sometimes they'll go in there and they'll open their bank and they'll count it all out and they're like I've got five dollars and 23 cents you know I'm I'm rich or uh, whatnot right and and so they get really excited about this and and knowing that they get excited Jen and I we decided well we're gonna we're gonna use these banks as a teaching tool especially when it comes to the way that that they treat each other. For the most part, they, they will play with one another really well and they're, they're super nice to one another. But then there are those times when they can be really ugly to one another. They end up hurting one another and all kinds of stuff like that. And so we told them or, that, that when you're ugly to one another, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to take some money out of your bank and we're going to go and put it in the other kid's bank. Whoever it is that you, whoever was, was ugly is going to have a withdrawal 
and the other person is going to get a deposit. Now, it didn't last long until somebody was ugly with the other one. One of our boys wasn't nice, and so we went and we took a coin out of their bank, and we walked and we, we put it in our other son's bank. And after we did that, I, I sat them down and I explained to them what, what just happened and, and why this happened. And I told my son that, that we, he had to give up this money, and when he gave up this money, he experienced a loss. A sacrifice occurred for his behavior. And I compared his loss and I compared his sacrifice to the Old Testament sacrifices. You see, in the Old Testament, the saints, when they, when they sinned, they had to bring a sacrifice to the priest. They had to bring a sacrifice to the altar. And that, whatever it was that they brought, was sacrificed in their place. They, but they had, to, they had to experience a loss in order for that sacrifice to occur. And that sacrifice occurred because they were in sin. And this happened all the time. They had to bring these sacrifices over and over and over again. I mean, there was blood always dripping from the altar there in front of the temple. It was a constant thing because one sacrifice atoned for one sin. And so you sinned again. Well, that sacrifice didn't cover that future sin. You had to keep coming back over and over and over again all of the time. Now, with that in mind, I told my boys that, look, you gave up a coin today. But this is not the last time you're going to have to give up a coin. You're going to continue to be ugly to one another. And these transactions are going to go back and forth. Somebody's going to get a deposit one day. Somebody's going to withdraw the next day. It's going to happen over and over and over again, just like it did in the Old Testament. You see, we are sinners who sin all the time, which means that we have to have sacrifices happen all of the time on our behalf. Now, I don't, I don't know if they, if they got all of that, but, but I wanted them to understand that we weren't putting this rule in place to teach them that, that you've got to be good enough because you can't be good enough, right? There's nothing that, that they can do that, that, that's going to make them good enough. They're, they're always going to end up sinning against one another. They might go a, a, a stretch, but eventually they're going to end up sinning against one another and this withdrawal is going to have to take place. And so I wasn't trying to teach them to be good legalists and things like that, uh, to work for their salvation. Instead, I wanted them to see that there was a cost for their sin, and that cost was not that something that they could not ultimately cover. But it pointed to a Savior who could cover that cost for them, just like the sacrifices in the Old Testament did. It pointed to a Savior who would cover the cost for the people who would be the ultimate sacrifice for the people, for their sins, for us. And I wanted them to see that, that every time they, they, would, they would have to bring this sacrifice, and every time the Old Testament saints had to bring the sacrifice, they knew that this was an insufficient system and that a Messiah had to come. And it was their faith in the future Messiah who was to come to pay the ultimate sacrifice for their sin that they ultimately experienced salvation from because they believed in a future Messiah who would pay the ultimate sacrifice. Now we are on this side of the cross. The cross has already happened. And, and so it is our faith that is our belief in, in what Christ has done for us. And we know the Christ is Jesus. Jesus is the one who has come and who has sacrificed himself on our behalf. And so it's our 
sacrifice. It's, it's our faith in his sacrifice that pays the penalty, not the law, because the law ultimately points us to Jesus. It points us to the sacrifice that is to come. And once Paul recognized Jesus is the Savior, Paul here, he no longer sees the law as condemnation. Instead, he sees the law as something that he can delight in. And it's something that we can delight in as well. And so why is that? Because many people, they look at Christianity and they say, man, you guys just, you live by this book. You live by a bunch of rules, a bunch of, a bunch of laws. You don't want to have any fun. There, there's nothing happy and joyful about that. It's just about keeping all of these laws. That's not really what it's about. Instead, the law is put there not to be a killjoy, but the law is given, God's word is given, his will throughout his word is given to us so that we would understand how we are to live. Because when we live according to God's wisdom, life goes well for us. Generally, not always, right? You may experience persecution and difficulty, but, but when we live according to God's law, we are living according to the way in which he desires for us to live. Man doesn't always accept that. And so man persecutes us for that. But we can delight in the law because with the law, we are gaining God's wisdom. And that's something that, that's amazing. That, that, that the, the creator of this entire universe, the creator of you and I, the creator of, of everything, has not only just created this world and, and set it in motion and said, you guys figure it out. No, he, he didn't do that. He created everything and he's intimately involved in that. And he gives us his word and he says, look, live by my word. This is how I have purposed for you to live. And this is how things are going to go well. And obviously we see that, that when we don't live by his word, things don't go well. And this is why we hope for the future when Jesus will return and Jesus will set everything right so that we are then able to live according to God's will. Because when we live, able, when we live according to God's will, things generally go well for us. And so we can, as those who understand justification by faith, that it is through Christ's work on our behalf, not our work. We don't have to see the law as a killjoy. We don't have to see the law as something that is, is, is constantly condemning to us. It's not something that, that we can't keep and we're just getting this burden on us all of the time. Oh, Christ has taken that burden for us. And so we can delight in the law just as Paul does, just as the psalmist does, just as Christ does. We can delight in the law. Lastly, we learn understanding justification by faith alone should change our perspective on how we are to live. And that's because justification by faith alone frees us to live for God. And we should live for God because of who we are in Christ. Look at verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I have lived by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
You see, as Christians, we are united with Christ in, in, his, in his death and, and in his resurrection. We've been crucified with him. We've been raised with him. And having been crucified and, and raised with Christ, we are now able to live with him, which means that we are free from condemnation, as well as it means we should have the desire and the ability to live as God has called us to live. But God doesn't just call us to live in a certain way. He also empowers us and he gives us the ability to live in that way. Again, Paul writes here in verse 20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, Jesus lives in us. And the way that he lives in us is is through the Spirit, through his Spirit, the third member of the Trinity. God is with us. God is constantly empowering us and he is teaching us and he is encouraging us through the spirit as it resides in us it empowers us to obey him you see we don't live the christian life in and of ourselves in our own strength in our own effort that would be absolutely impossible instead god he empowers us to live as he has called us to live you see and just because we've been empowered by god to live for him doesn't mean that that we aren't to put it doesn't mean we are to put the Christian life on cruise control. In the second half of the verse, Paul says this, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, we can't just put things on cruise control and expect to live an obedient life. We must do something. We must work out our own salvation, as Paul tells the Philippians. And one way we work out our own salvation is by, by meditating on the gospel, by regularly reminding ourselves of what Christ has done on our behalf, of what his sacrifice has accomplished for us. And doing so should then motivate us to obey God. It should motivate us to, to love the Lord and, and to seek his glory, not because we're trying to pay him back, but out of gratitude for what he has done for us, out of gratitude for the gospel and Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. And as we do, we should find ourselves motivated and empowered to live for God. You see, we can live out the Christian life not by putting all these rules and restrictions on ourselves. It's not going to last very long. We're going to get tired of that. We're going to be burdened by that. We're going to get worn out by that. No, we we do it by resting in the gospel. We do it by by meditating on the gospel. You know, Jesus tells us that that his burden is is light and easy. And so we are to take his yoke on us. And we are to continue to believe in him and to trust in him. And as we do that, then we are free to live the Christian life with joy. We are free to delight in the law. We are freed from from this wondering, have I done enough in order to experience salvation? It's all Jesus and all of what he has done. And so it's not all, it's not us. And so we're freed from that burden. Justification by faith alone, our legal declaration that we are made righteous through Christ's sacrifice on our behalf should not only be good news, but it should also change our perspectives. And certainly if it should change our perspective on salvation, but also on the law and the Christian life. And once again, we see that the gospel not only saves us, but sanctifies us. 
You see, as Christians, we never move past the gospel. The gospel is not just the ABCs of the Christian life that, that gets you into heaven or gets you, you know, a right relationship with the Father. No, it is the A to Z of the Christian life. It is everything. And that's what I hope that, that we can see as we continue to walk through the book of Galatians, that, that yes, it, the gospel does provide us with salvation, but, but the gospel also empowers us and it motivates us, and it's the means by which we are able to live out the Christian life. And as we meditate on the gospel, it should, it should change our perspective on things, and it should change the way that we interact with, with others and the way that we think about God. It should change the way that we live. And so as Christians, we need to make sure that we are meditating on the gospel, that in order to do that, we've got to have a good understanding of the gospel specifically the understanding of justification by faith alone. And if you're not a Christian here today, you've heard the gospel. You've heard that, that it is Jesus alone who provides us with salvation. It's not us. It is just our belief in his sacrifice on our behalf. And so may we, or may you, if you have not believed in that, to believe. Today is an opportunity. In a moment, we're going to have a time of response and and this is an opportunity for you to respond to this message if you're a christian to respond by thinking about what jesus has done for you thinking about justification by faith alone and how it applies to your life if you're not a believer it's an opportunity for you to believe to profess your faith in jesus christ and if you've got questions if this has raised questions i'd, I'd be happy to answer any of those questions ryan and i will will be out back after the the message is over and we count it a privilege to be able to talk with you more about what Jesus has done for us. More about how justification by faith alone applies to salvation in our Christian life. And so here in a moment, we're going to respond. And I'm going to invite you to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come this morning to learn, God, about your word and to see that we are saved through your work on our behalf. That it, we are justified by faith alone. That we, are not, that we don't have to do anything to make ourselves righteous. That we can't do anything to make ourselves righteous. Lord, we thank you for this truth and how it applies to our life. And Lord, we ask that this week that, that we would spend time meditating on that truth that, that we would allow it to change our perspective we would be freed to come and to share our struggles and sins with you and with others and that we might delight in the law that we might be empowered to live for you to bring you glory and for those who may be watching or who are here this morning who might not know you, God, we ask that you would work in their life, that you would help them to understand that there is nothing that they must do in order to clean themselves up, that it is all you, and that they might believe in you and trust in you as their Lord and as their Savior, God. We ask that you might work in their life here this morning so that they might make a profession of faith and experience the freedom the gospel and faith in Christ. 
And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.